Welcome to Grumpy Old Geeks, a weekly podcast where two old internet vets talk about technology, the internet, where it's going to shit, and what we do to fix it. I'm Jason. And I'm Brian. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash grumpyoldgeeks, on Twitter at GOG Podcast, or on the web at grumpyoldgeeks.com. Or you can email us at podcast at grumpyoldgeeks.com, and now you can also subscribe to us on iTunes. Just search for Grumpy Old Geeks. Number five is alive. <laughs> I should have known that was coming. Yeah. Love my 80s movies. <laughs> so, uh, guess what Facebook did? More updates and more changes. More updates and more changes. Guess what I noticed last night? Privacy settings change. Yeah. All my posts for about the past week have gone to uh, public. Yeah. Uh, Facebook plays this game where they pretend that that doesn't actually happen. I've been screaming about it for about two years now. I've noticed every single time that I've gotten an update on, say, the Facebook mobile device, all my settings are reverted and changed again. So are you complaining about free software that you didn't pay for? I'm not complaining about it because I didn't pay for it, but it is given the privacy flaps that have happened with them and their and their commitment to our privacy and making sure that we understand everything, it seems a little suspect yeah. that they can't actually dial that in and make sure that things don't change. Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, it was really, really surprising to see that because I know for a fact, and I went into my privacy settings and it all says friends only. Right. Friends only, friends only. But yeah. when I post, they go straight to public. Yeah, there's there's some funky stuff going on. Um, for a long time, for the first few updates, um, that I noticed it happening to me. It was really distressing. Uh, for whatever reason, for the last two weeks for me, every time that there's been an update, it's actually gone in the reverse, and it's it switched for me to only me. So I'll do an update, and like I'm, I'm kind of good with my updates, and I'm used to getting comments and, and, and things, and you know, an hour or two later, no comments. And I look at it online, and it's set to only me. Well, uh, yeah, I've had, that, <laughs> I've had that happen, too, quite a bit. And, uh, yeah, it's just all over the place. So how can, if they can't be consistent, you know, that's, that's kind of troubling. But, I mean, you shouldn't be posting anything on there. But, I mean, that you really don't want anybody to see. But, I mean, if that's the way, like, you know, you think of um, – battered wife who ran away from her husband and is talking to her family on there while she tries to get, you know, get help. That's, a, that's something that happened. Yeah. And yeah. Well, they also, well, nobody was ever able to conclusively prove this or not, but there was that issue briefly when they first rolled out the timeline that apparently private messages were being listed in the timeline archives as well, which is if you're sending a message and, the, and they did try to push this as a, as an email system that is just supposed to be to one person, you do not want that showing up in your timeline feed. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Uh, again, free service. Yeah. So, you know, if we were paying 15 bucks a month, they probably wouldn't do that kind of stuff, but they can get away with it now because, hey, it's free. Caveat emptor. Yeah. And I'm sure it's not... Uh, I don't know if it's intentional or not. I have a feeling that the wobbly privacy settings on updates might be somewhat intentional, but uh, the rest of it could just be glitches. And it's a big, confusing, hard system. Well, yeah, I mean, it's got one of the most complicated systems ever built. So. Yeah, by far. So this is probably, yeah, what can you do? Yeah. <laughs> comes down to what can you do. Uh, I can't complain. It's free. Go to app.net. Go to app.net and pay, and uh, then only have two or three other people on there that you actually know instead of the 400 or so that I keep in touch with. Yeah, well. (laughs) So personable. Uh, Only online. Mm. So I went back up to San Francisco last weekend. Yes. My old stomping ground. Uh, Good trip? It was a great trip. You know, I kind of missed that startup energy up there. There was... uh, It was just, just a really good vibe. It might help because it was the one weekend... 
that the weather was absolutely perfect. The one out of the three weekends you get every year because it's miserable the rest of the time. We had San Fran uh, weather here. It was not that great this weekend. Um, oh, that's so. good. I took the LA weather yeah. with me. See, I've never actually spent time up there. I, I've gone up for, for work trips. I, I've been up there to you know hang out with Apple and stuff like that. But um, I, I'd never experienced that startup energy or that whole San Fran tech scene. So yeah, I've never even been. I lived up there for five, six years, I think, off and on, and I still haven't gone to Apple. <laughs> it's uh, it's nice. They know what they're doing over there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And now they'll have a spaceship that you can go visit. <laughs> <laughs> really? Have you seen? You haven't seen the new building design? No, I have not. It looks like a giant spaceship. <laughs> awesome. That's great. I'm actually going to be going over to Apple here in, in L.A. on Friday. So I've got a meeting. They've got some office over on Sunset. So yeah. I'm going to check that out. I wonder if it's uh, designed or if it's just a cubicle space they took over and shoved some Apple people into. We'll see. I'll report back. This is for because you guys do iBooks. Yeah, we've been doing a lot of their, well, eBooks. Their eBooks? Yes, they're very okay, particular eBooks about this. eBooks in the iBook store. Because the iBook was a failed product that they had. Remember the iBook? It was one of their cheaper laptops that did not do well. Oh, okay. So they do not like that word. And even though the eBooks are in the iBook store, we cannot call them iBooks. And it's a source of endless confusion and press releases and emails that go out often. Yeah, I was just confused. Yeah, <laughs> so. yeah, it's quite confusing. But it's actually, it's a really great product. I'm, I'm not just pimping it because we're doing a bunch of them, but it, it's pretty damn cool. And I'm really surprised that I haven't seen an Android version or that Kindle hasn't rolled out something similar. So it's just, it's the ability to do a, a lot of multimedia within text and, and uh, it's great. It takes, it takes books to the whole next level and I'm really hoping that people get on board with it. I mean, I, I salivate at the mouth about thinking about like doing Stephen King's Gunslinger series <laughs> with this format and, and putting all the illustrations in and, and doing video and audio and it's really cool. Yeah, so you showed me uh, one of the books that you did for Coldplay, yes, and it was yeah. very cool. Yeah, it's a, it's a cool thing. It's a, it's I'm really hoping consumers get behind it, and, and Apple really promotes it more because it, it's great. It's it, and it's a lot of fun to work with, and it's actually been exciting uh, for for both me and my business partner Wendy uh, to do these things because as we were talking last week a little bit about how kind of boring building websites has become, and it's kind of everything's kind of the same, and you don't really get to push boundaries, and this has been a blast for us. We're learning something completely new and doing really cool stuff with it. So, That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's cool that you guys have like a new avenue to, to kind of move into. Last uh, last fall, I thought about doing a uh, kind of a sideways career change mm -hmm. and I wanted to uh, become what's called a pen tester. Right. Basically a penetration tester to break into companies. They uh, that uh, uh, getting paid to break into companies, I should say, <laughs> and uh, so I did a lot of research on um, security and stuff like that, and all the tools that they use, and right. read the books on it. So uh, that was kind of a, an interesting uh, foray into that. But it's a growing field, and and you get to dabble in the black arts, but use them for good. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's. Uh, it just after doing all the research, it didn't seem like something I wanted to do long term mm -hmm. because a lot of it is uh, very kind of mundane and tedious, and you know. Yeah. And at the end of the day, what do you have? You have basically a report that you hand to a client that says you're screwed here, 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 and here. Right. <laughs> you know. Well, but, I mean, you could also make that your own like full time thing though, because then it's like, and here's how I can fix them, so hire me to fix them too. Yeah. So. I mean, it's an interesting thing. Get them, on, get them on the front half and the back half. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You're getting them front and back. So, And that is going to be our major topic today, is it not? Yeah, yeah, because... You in, got all excited. 
I did because in going going into all the research, I was thinking, oh well, I can I can marry my two passions of writing and computers and write a book. Right. And I was going to write a book that was basically geared for parents to teach their children how to stay safe online. Don't take pictures of your privates. Yeah, no sexting. <laughs> did never end well. <laughs> and. I, through all that research, I just I got too busy and haven't finished the project, but I, I got started on it. So I want to kind of share some of the things that I learned going through a lot of the, this deep, dark hole of how people break into other people's systems. Right. And I'm going to save the conclusions for later, but <laughs> it's very interesting. And I, I want to circle back, though, with a little follow-up from last week. I had a couple very interesting conversations about our, our uh, e-learning topic Oh, good. Um, my friend, who is a, uh, is a PhD doctor, mm-hmm. um, has the complete opposite opinion that you should ever get any kind of uh, accreditation for work or learning that you do on the internet. Okay. And his main t- his main point is most of the actual learning wasn't in the lectures. It was working with people that you go to school with to figure out the problems doing the actual homework. And, you know, working on it. Yeah, I, I get that argument. I totally get that argument. It makes a lot of sense. But I guess my assumption would be that this is somebody that's already socially able and uh, and able to, you know, it's not somebody that just sits at home and can't talk to anybody or interact with anybody. Um, I get it. Yeah. I. That's a really good argument that I have a hard time saying anything about. I mean, it totally makes sense for, especially for, you know, your first level degree. But... I think that that point goes out the window, say, if you've already got your your um, bachelor's degree and you just want to get a master's or something like that on the side after. You've, you've already had that experience. You've been in probably in the workforce. So I'm thinking more continuing education. Okay. So, but I get it. I totally get that. That's a, that's a really valid point for, for, especially for kids just coming out of high school. And we all know that our education system is so fucked. Oh, I cussed. Sorry. Explicit. Um, our education system is so fucked already now that anybody coming out of high school, unless they're a complete self-starter, doesn't have a great education and doesn't have a lot of experience interacting with other people, working with groups. They're just basically getting out because they're 18. End of story. So. Yeah. I mean, that's a, a lot of it. I mean, I look at my brother. He came out of the current high school system mm-hmm. and went straight into college, and he graduates in a couple weeks. Right. Oh, i got to get my plane tickets. Shit. <laughs> um, oh, does the plane remind you? Oh yeah, the plane. The uh, God damn, where was I? Oh, but he's he came out, you know, a physicist. Yeah. So there, I think it, if you're motivated, you can you can make it's, school work for you. But I don't know how I, motivated kids are nowadays. Yeah, I mean that was really kind of my point. Even when we were talking about it, maybe I didn't make it clear enough. But that's definitely for like highly motivated self-starters who have their shit together. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, because I don't think you're going to go through that process home alone, going through this stuff unless. You're motivated. Exactly. You never would. No. You, you would never get it done. You would never pass the test. You would never get the accreditation anyways. Yeah. It would not happen unless you're one of those kinds of people. And I see that as a good thing. It separates the wheat from the chaff. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> so I think that's uh, about it for segment one. Yes, that's, the, that's a bit of our first segment. I'll go ahead and plug the beer right now. Uh, today's beer is Firestone Union Jack IPA, and I got a big thumbs up from Jason. Oh my god, this stuff is so good. <laughs> it is so tasty. It's so tasty, I want another one. Well, let's go get one. All right. All right.
Our sponsor this week is Burner. Burner is an app for your iPhone or Android device that gives you disposable phone numbers for calling or texting on the down low. Keep your real number private and communicate incognito. So let's say you're at a conference. There are two hard and fast rules at conferences, and that's ABC and DTA. ABC is always be charging, so your phone or laptop doesn't die from lack of juice. DTA is don't trust anyone, because who the hell knows who all these people really are. You may want to do an off-the-record hookup with Glenda from accounting or recruit an employee from another company to join your team. Either way, you never want to use your own number, so get a burner. Burner gives you completely disposable phone numbers with just a few clicks. When you're done with your covert ops, just burn it. Go to BurnerApp.com, and after you download the app, enter the code GRUMPY to get three free credits. Offer good to the first 50 special agents who aren't afraid to help save the world, so get on it today. So we're going to talk about something that uh, Jason is beyond incredibly passionate about. We actually both are. This is a, it's a, it's a big deal these days, and it's becoming a big deal more and more. Um, basically, all of our information is out there now, and security is a big deal. And Jason is very passionate, so I'm basically just going to walk away from the mic and probably go have a beer or two, or maybe chime in with stupid comments, but go for it, Jason. Stick around for the Take comments. Take it over. I, I, I would like you to stick around for the comments. <laughs> So basically when you're talking security nowadays, internet security, computer security, um, we're talking about a couple different layers of security. First, you've got your personal computer, which is where you start with. You right. Know, that's, that's your gateway to the internet. Which used to be where all of our information is. We right. used to keep things locally on your own personal computer. On your floppy drives, in, yes. the, in the locked cabinet. Not even that long ago. The cloud is, is relatively new. Now we're not entirely sure where our information is a lot of the time. So, Yeah, and that goes to the second part, which is your personal private information that's out on the net, like your banking information, mm -hmm. and your auto loans, your mortgage, everything is stored on a server somewhere. Yes. And you need to protect that stuff as and well. Let me chime in really quickly uh, on this one. I told you I'd chime in a lot. I am sick of all you companies that use the identification number for everything as our social security number. You all need to fucking stop that. There's no way in hell I should ever be giving my social security number over the phone to anyone as an ID number. Especially the phone company. Exactly. Yeah. Because I have to go to an app. When I go upgrade my phone to an Apple store, it's little kids asking me for my social. I'm like, no way. Because you're going to take my credit card in about two minutes, and then you've got my social, and then you know, oh, you got everything. Game over. So then you've got your... Uh, Security around your correspondence. You've got your email. You've got your IMs. You've got your sex messages. Sext messages. <laughs> yes. And uh, and after that, you get into like the granular security about your um, public interactions, which is like your social media, media, yeah. your Facebooking, your Twittering. Even if you have private accounts on on these things, as we've already talked about, not always private. Private isn't private. No. I mean, and that, so that's pretty much like the ten foot, ten thousand foot level view. You know, right. like just mm -hmm. the overview of everything. Right. So uh, I just kind of want to start at the top on your computer. You know, PCs and, and to some extent Macs, um, you've got viruses, exploits, malware that get on your machine through a myriad of, of ways. Right. You know, bad emails, bad websites, thumb drives, bad PDFs. Clicking on that email from that Nigerian guy. Oh, he just he just wants you to send him send him a check, <laughs> so he's not getting into your. Or computer. opening up that zip file from supposedly the nineteen year old hottie chick. Oh, oh, Kornikova. 
Yeah. Yeah. And a cornucopia yeah, yeah, one. Yeah. yeah. And there's a zip file in the email and then you open it up and run the yeah. program. Yeah. Yeah. And you, and you know, we've been telling people for ages to not open attachments and all that stuff. But so, but that is your, that is your main, since that's your main way onto the internet and all your data is stored there, you need to protect it. And you can, everybody should at least have a very basic level of security on their machine. Get your antivirus up to date if you're on a PC. Right. You know, on the Mac, I don't run antivirus because there aren't very many, well, A, there aren't very many Mac viruses. There are... Um, that is starting to change. Though. It is starting to change. I mean, they still... And the reason pretty... for that, obviously, is because back in the day, everybody had PCs. There weren't that many Macs. Macs were the domain of the super user, the designers, etc. The vast majority of machines out there, especially in the workforce, were PCs. But that is starting to change, and we are starting to see more and more Mac viruses. Yeah, and and when you look at the when you look at the PC, though, it's a it's a fundamentally different architecture for oh, yeah. Mac. It's way easier to exploit a PC than a Mac. Yeah, I mean, all you needed back in the day was a copy of Visual Basic, and you could write it, all the viruses that you ever wanted to. Um, and in the Mac back then was just so terrible in OS anything up until 10. Once it got to 10, then you're looking at the BSD kernel and everything is, you know, with yeah. a Unix underpinning, which is, you know, had... Open source, so everybody knows how to hack that shit. Yeah, but it's also had years of security professionals yeah. looking at the source, mm -hmm. you know. So it's, it's a little, uh, little bit hardened. Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you a second about how, do, how, how these people get in. But, um, yeah, and, you know, we, a lot of the security guys always tell people, oh, you can open things if they come from a trusted source, somebody you know. But half the viruses, what they do is they go in, first thing they do is grab your address book, start sending out. Yes. You know, they, they basically try and propagate themselves to everybody that you know, so they yeah. send you. Um, uh, send them the payloads. The once payloads or twice a week, do. I get emails from people that still have Hotmail emails for whatever reason, and that, that seems to be the most popular hack. Uh, it's just everybody in their address book gets an email. Well, I think I think that's a. If you look at somebody that has a Hotmail account, they're not tech savvy, so yeah. they're not going to be keeping up with the patches, keeping up with the updates, keeping their their OS up to date. You know, right. they are you know basically luddites to begin <laughs> with because they're still on Hotmail. <laughs> um, yeah, and, and the same thing, the clicking links. And even if you get a link that looks legit and you do the rollover and it shows you where it's actually going to go because, you know, you can hide the true destination of a link, even that might not be the final destination. It can do several layers of redirects to get you to somewhere else, you know. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's, if, if these virus guys aren't doing that, then they're idiots because that's the best way to get, get around that stuff. Um, and, and I, I got to say, browsers are getting better. As are email clients. They're starting to incorporate. I, I use uh, Mozilla's, which is, I can't even remember. Firebird? Yeah. Really? I actually do use it, and it does oh. a very good job of, of sniffing out those links and giving you a warning. So, you know, it's as you're probably going to get to, it's cat and mouse all the time, chasing. And uh, then those guys get smarter, then they get smarter, then they get smarter. Yeah, but I, I've been really impressed with uh, Chrome and Safari mm -hmm. as far as um, warning people that they're going to a site that is possibly a phishing site. Yeah, yes, that is, that's actually been pretty good. Uh, they've done a really good job on that. Um, it's hit and miss. I've, I've dealt with, like, I re yes, I really want to go to this link and make it really hard because somebody's reported it as being whatever. So, yeah, you know, it's hit and miss, but it's getting there. Yeah, and, and this whole thing is a numbers game. So yeah. it's like... If they, they send out so many of these things and the bots propagate themselves and 
everything is, it's, you're going to get hit at some point, yeah. especially if you have a PC. Yes. I mean, uh, my roommate's parent's computer was running really slow, so they brought in this, this you know, local expert to come and fix it. <laughs> and he counted 107 viruses on that machine. That's impressive. Over the years, yeah. you know, because they, they bought it, they never did anything to it, because they didn't know. They just know, know how to go look at their financial information and check their emails. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's the scariest thing I, I think about my parents, because they obviously are not particularly tech savvy. They're running computers and all that sort of stuff, but they basically go in and check their financials, and they check their retirement and they check their medical stuff. I mean, this is important information you do not want to have people getting access to. And that's all these, these, uh, the older generation is doing on their computers and they have no security whatsoever Yeah, and no idea. <laughs> yeah. And one, I mean, all it takes is one, mm -hmm. you know, one virus gets in, then they have basically full control of your machine. It's what we, you know, they, in the business, we call it root admin, super user, which means they own it yeah. and they can do whatever they want. They can put in key loggers to basically log everything that you type. So you type in the URL for your bank or you, or you type in, you go, one of my favorites is people, they, all these people go to Google, they yeah. type in the name of the bank and hit, I'm feeling lucky. And it just takes them to their bank. <laughs> so you've just typed the name of your bank easy yeah. enough to go backtrace, get the and URL. Then, then you they type put your in, username and your password. Those three, those three <laughs> keys are all you need, yeah. you know, and boom, there's your bank. So. Oh, I'm just going to be a guy who sets up an automatic bill pay with no email notification that just siphons out money every month right. to something that looks legit. And hopefully they won't catch it. And they probably won't if they're that dumb anyways. So. Yeah. And the other thing is what they do when they get, get a hold of these machines, they put in uh, headless clients that let them basically be, become part of a bot network. And mm. bot networks are usually used for sending huge amounts of spam running uh, distributed denial of service attacks to take down other websites. And in any, there, there's a ton of different things that they can do, but those are like the, the main ones. Right. So once these hackers have all these machines, then what they do is they have their own private message boards where they rent out, they're like, we have this many CPUs. Okay, we've got, a, how many do you need? A 10,000 machine attack, a 100,000 machine attack? Right. This is how much the hourly rate is for time on our network. And that's where they make, a lot more money, I think, probably than doing the bank accounts. But that's amazing that they actually charge for it. That's fascinating. Uh, the black arts get really weird. Do me a favor, really quick though, because I've had a lot of friends ask me, and I've had to explain it. Uh, a lot of people don't really understand what it is. Explain what a DOS is. Um, well, there's a DOS is just a denial of service. Mm -hmm. That's. I mean, the denial of service attack. Yeah, the distributed yeah. denial of service attack is basically when there are so many computers hitting the same website at the same time, it overloads the capacity of the company to deliver their website. Thus knocking down the entire system. Right. And it comes through a bunch of different, you know, there's a bunch of different means that they can do it. There's um, what's called a SYN-ACK attack, where like when you pass a, when you're doing packet exchanges, because all the information on the internet goes in little packets. Yeah. And it gets, reass it, it gets reassembled based on, you know, the numerical order once it gets to the target machine and all that. But you can send um, a SYN packet and the computer's supposed to send an ACK packet and there's ways to get so around it. So you just got so way it, too technical. I was I'm going sorry. for the easy one. Okay, okay. So I'll just say it. Here, yeah. Basically what happens is a they get a whole bunch of fucking computers to attack one system at one time to knock it off. That's what it is. Yeah. And since there are so <laughs> many systems, they can't filter 
Because like if it's just one system sending a bunch of traffic to it, yeah, that's easy to filter out. And yeah, say, okay, this IP it. is yeah, this IP is done. Mm -hmm. Knock them out. With a DDoS, it is distributed. So coming it's sending, from everywhere, you go rent a hundred thousand computers in New Zealand and computers in India and computers in Kansas and computers in Wyoming. It's yeah, yeah. All these computers infected are sold as a block. Yeah. So so and then all they do is they just send a command to their the the command and control software sends it to the remote host and then the remote host just yep goes does down. what it does what it's <laughs> supposed to do so i mean it's it's a tough it's a tough thing to try and get around if you don't know how your computer works and if you're not savvy enough to watch your router if the light if you're sitting in the living room your computer is just by itself and you look at the little blinky lights and they're going crazy Something's, Something's going Something's up, you know? <laughs> and so, yeah, on the, on the PC, keep your antivirus up to date. Keep your system up to date. On the Mac, I use a little program called Little Snitch. I have that on my Mac as well. It's one yeah. of the first things I learned on my Mac. Yeah, because it tells you every program that tries to access the Internet, what port they're using, where they're trying to go. And you can say yes or no. You can say yes for now, but not forever, or allow this program forever. And it can be a pain sometimes. It can but be annoying. But at least I know, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's definitely one of those uh, awesome tools if you have a Mac, worth getting, and it's it's cheap. It's probably like twenty bucks. It'll be in the show notes. Um, so yeah, on your PC, do you run antivirus? Yes, I do. You do. Mm -hmm. You keep it up to date. Yes, I do. Patch your system all the time. All the time. All right, good man. Yeah. Although actually... that's bit me in the ass a couple times. Thanks a lot, Microsoft. <laughs> no offense, but you've put out some crap patches that have screwed me for a couple days because I do it religiously immediately all the time. Yeah. So, and I always have. So. Yeah. Um, and another tip for people who aren't super savvy turn your computer off at night or when you're not at home. Don't leave it running all the time. Yeah. If, I mean, you, if you don't know what you're doing and you don't have any systems on there, don't listen to that crap about it takes more energy to, to boot it up than, and shut it down than just leaving it on all night. Just turn it off because yeah. you have no idea what's happening on your system while you're sleeping. Yeah, and it also just helps to um, reduce the impact on the rest of the world. You yeah. know, if everybody turned their damn computer off at night, A, yeah, it would save power, and B, there would be less hack attacks at yeah. those different times. If you're not using your system, shut it down. Yeah, okay, okay real quick, uh, get rid of Java, Flash, and Adobe Acrobat. But there's still so many crappy flight sites out there done in Flash. What are you going to do, Jason? <laughs> pretend, <laughs> pretend your home machine is an iPad. <laughs> get rid of them. Java, uh, yeah, Java, Flash. Java, 100% get rid of. Some people can't get rid of Flash, but I do agree with the recommendation. I haven't gotten rid of it off, uh, off my system, but I know what I'm doing. Yeah, so. yeah, and, and update, like, don't ignore the little thing that says update. Always update keep it, it updated. all the time. Yeah. And Adobe Acrobat, I mean, these are just the three main targets that a lot of, a lot of these guys use yeah. because they're so buggy. <laughs> and they, they, say, they uh, trade uh, zero-day exploits all the time on these things. And it's basically a zero-day exploit for people yes. who don't know. Nail this one because this is another one that I've yeah. tossed around and everybody's like, what? Yeah, these are, these are holes in the programs that the companies have either not found out about yet or not patched yet. Right. So basically, they're... That's but they're known. They're out there. Like, people know about these things. The companies have just not either found out themselves... Yeah. Or, well, that's the whole yeah. point, because somebody yeah. has to know about it or it yeah. doesn't exist. If a tree falls in the woods... Well, I'm yeah. saying it's, yeah. like, generally known by the bad guys. Like, it's yeah. out there. Yeah, and, and PDFs. Most of the browsers nowadays have PDF built into them, mm -hmm. you know, so... 
I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that. So, private information, <laughs> your bank accounts, your like sensitive what? information, the, the stuff we talked about. <laughs> Let's get off the PC now. Yeah. Um, passwords. Hmm. Passwords. I, I literally ran across somebody the other day that had, and, and Google allows this. Lowercase a, one two three four five six seven eight, <laughs> as their Gmail password. Right. Well, that's not good. It's ridiculous, and they probably use that on all of their other sites. Yeah. Never use the same password for more than one site. That is something I am guilty of, and have been trying to fix, and been slowly taking care of that. Get a there are password management packages out there. Yep. There's LastPass. And there's one password. One password. I am running on the Mac. Yeah, I, I run it on everything. Yeah. It's on my iPad, my iPhone, and mm -hmm. my my multiple Macs. Yeah. Um, and it syncs with Dropbox, so your passwords are always. Even if I'm out, I can pull up my iPhone and log into anything I need to log into. But yeah. it, it will generate massively long, complicated strings. Yes. Because it's a math problem for the crackers. So let me throw a solution that that I had found a while ago that that. I want your opinion on and this, this is obviously for people that are considerably less tech savvy that would never run any of this um there was an idea that you would throw out um, basically the first couple letters you use the first letter of a phrase that you would totally remember and then a set of numbers right after that that you would totally remember and then you end with your initials in uppercase that way you're covering everything how so long like, how long is the password well you have to come up with a big long phrase like every good boy does fine all the time or mm -hmm. something like that some something you would remember so you use the first letter of everything you use a set of numbers that you would remember kids birthday something like that and then your own initials or somebody else's initials in uppercase at the end it's that's pretty good for a password if you're going to be super lazy and not do everything right it's all right but it has to be at least 14 characters right you know you need something so you need a longer least... phrase yeah but everybody could come up with a pretty long phrase that they would remember themselves. But you still don't want to use it on every site. That's that's where you know it comes you don't want to use it on every site. Right. And I do you read the XKCD comic? Yeah. There he has he has a great comic. We'll link it in the show notes at grumpyoldgeeks.com. <laughs> about excuse me, beer again. Beer. Um, beer use, is near. Using a multi-phrase yeah. approach, so you do have a very long phrase, mm -hmm. and the math to basically crack that is once you get like i said once you get past that certain certain limit yeah. on computing power nowadays and you get past the rainbow tables they've got for all the yeah. currently cracked passwords and md5s and all that stuff then it becomes you know a, a computing problem and it's easier to remember so if you can pick a phrase for each website right go with that and make it long but i i am just you're going to forget you're going to have to deal with it just get a password manager they're right. cheap best investment i ever made <laughs> And never, like I said, never use it on the same site more than once because if you get cracked once, if they steal the database, the user database, they've mm -hmm. got your email address, they've got your username. Most people use the same username on every site. Yeah. You know, so, so boom, you you're go. in. You, you know, it. that's why, you that's why, and nowadays you get, I, Harmonix was hacked the other day and I, my rock band account, because I was a rock band player for a very long time. <laughs> oh boy. Um, so they have a rock band night for grumpy old geeks. Oh, I'm in. Uh, so they, re they, they just reset everybody's passwords. And I'm like, from a company perspective, that's just bad yeah. PR. But um, so, yeah, never. Oh, what was it? Oh, the email address thing, too. Yes. So most people use the same email address on every site. Yes, as do I. Yeah. Is your uh, email run through Gmail? No. 
Okay. Well, scratch that. <laughs> Sorry. I, yeah, there's a, there's a really cool. I'll tell, tell you about I the cool hack. Point. I tell, no, I'll tell you about the cool hack about Gmail. So if you've got a Gmail address, yes, you can take whatever the name is. Mm -hmm. So like, say, mine's Jason at uh, my custom domain that I use because yep. I use Google Google accounts. If you do your name plus in a phrase, mm -hmm. it treats that as it'll be a unique email for the service that you're using. Right. But it won't be your actual email address. So I, I have uh, several layers of aliasing and craziness going on. Yeah. But it's just an easy way to just say, okay, for my, so for Twitter. So my no, name right. dash Facebook. No, 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 no. So say for your Twitter account. Okay. You, go, you, you pick a word that is not, in, not the actual service you're using, because okay. like J plus Twitter would be, or Jason plus Twitter would be, okay, so That's I know. That's easy to figure out. Yeah. So, so it's like J, Jason, Jason plus, plus, I hate this fucking service yeah. for Twitter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that works. <laughs> okay. So but it's easy to, it's not easy to guess. So if they do get your email address that you're using on the alias side for the different services, they can't go use your e email address as a login token. Right. Okay. That makes you know? sense. And on the email side, so I know some people have a problem with Google, but me personally, I run everything through Google Apps. You know who has the biggest problem with Google? Who? Yahoo. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, tech joke. <laughs> Actually, I think Facebook nowadays. Oh, all, the Facebook. all the talent's leaving Google to go to Facebook. All right, I'm going to stop derailing you. Go. <laughs> <laughs> so I've come up with a system, basically, to abstract all of my email correspondence from the actual account that is ever that the public ever sees. Okay. So it's a, it's a very long and complicated process. It, it'll take you about half an hour to set up, cost you five bucks a month if you're going to use the paid Google apps because they took away the free version because right. they weren't obviously making enough money. Yeah. So uh, that's going to be on the website uh, when this goes live. Uh, it'll be in the show notes and it'll be on the homepage of grumpyoldgeeks.com. You can check it out if you if you really seriously want to keep your email private and not have it hackable by somebody who breaks a database for a website that you signed up for three years ago and they've left the company. The company's dead. The website's still there. The database is still there. None of the security patches have been made for three years and then all your data is just sitting there. Okay. Let me ask you. Yeah. We all know if, if we're working for a company and we have a company email address... They have entire full access to all of that, correct? 100%. Right. What if you're checking your email that you've created with this system from a work computer through the, a work internet connection? Is this still secure or is that fucked at that point? Well, if there's a couple, couple things there. Mm -hmm. A, you shouldn't do it. Okay. Period. Yeah. If you're, going to be, if you're going to be at work checking your personal email or checking anything personal, do not use the company network. Do not use the company computers. So we trust Verizon and use our phone? Yeah. Okay. So I think that's fine. Okay. Uh, just make sure that your phone isn't using the in-house Wi-Fi because I've seen people get busted for that. Right. Um, I Don't connect to Wi-Fi. No, I know, I know people that have been security have come and escorted people out of the building because they were stupid enough to not turn their Wi-Fi off and start sending seditious emails. <laughs> Um, so don't do that. Okay. Um, and there is a case to be made that if you're connecting to a, like a webmail service that it's over HTTPS yeah. and they can't actually like see the traffic, what they probably can do though is just 
screen share what you're doing and see exactly what you're doing and read whatever's on your screen. Right. Same with I am, yeah. you know, all that stuff. There, there's so many security packages for corporations out there to let them spy on their employees mm -hmm. that it's just not safe to do. Don't right. do it. Don't do it. And in, in the eyes of the law, you're the one at fault because you're on their time. They're paying you. On their equipment. Yeah. On their wireless network. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. To not do company work. It's, it's, yeah. It is a, you know, it's a termination offense. Right. But a lot of places are kind of lax nowadays. You know, yeah. oh, it's my lunch break. I just wanted to check my Facebook, you know. I find that most companies just seem to block certain addresses and then they monitor for the amount of data. That seems to be, they want to know that you're not like downloading porn all day long. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the last place I was at, it was, you know, it was a big ad agency and they blocked Vimeo. Mm -hmm. Because, and, and YouTube. Because I would, the, I was friends with the IT guy and he would show me the, the, basically the screen they were looking at had the person's computer name, yeah. had what they were doing. Yeah. So and it would say YouTube, 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 YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> and at four o'clock every day, the entire company's internet would die. Right. Because eh, end of the day, might as well go watch some cats, you know, playing <laughs> with dogs. Yeah. So everybody out there that thinks that your company isn't monitoring you and spying on you with what you're doing at work, they are. They see what's happening. You just haven't caused a problem yet. Yeah. And they read all your emails. They read all of your emails. Every single one. Because also, and I don't want to take a dig on geeks like us, but uh, the people that get into this stuff and work in, in these departments, uh, we've known quite a few, they're a bit weird. And they don't have a big social life. And they do like to kind of read your emails and hope that you're sending pictures of yourself and your naughty bits. See, I haven't run across that many people like that. I've ran across quite a few. Okay. <laughs> like I said, the last place I was at, the guy, the guys up there were really cool. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's a lot of great people. Yeah. Don't let me besmirch the yeah. occupation in general, but yeah. there are some freaky ones out there. Yeah. And they're seeing everything. They're seeing everything that goes by, everything that you do. Yeah. So. And, and since we were an ad agency that was primarily inside the movie industry. Yeah. And we would get audited every year from the MPAA. The MPAA comes into these companies now nowadays, and, and they do audits. Yeah. And they have sent the FBI into these companies for, for scripts that have gotten leaked. Yeah. Um, so they're very careful on a lot of different fronts. Like, you can't send attachments. Mm -hmm. But you can open up Dropbox and share it. And share it that way. <laughs> so, Although I do know, find it interesting say, that they blocked Vimeo and, and, and that YouTube. That was just bandwidth. It was bandwidth because, because it screwed up. As an advertising agency, we you'd want it. to look at other ads. Yeah. You'd want to look at the things that are out there. Yeah. And a lot of it was actually corporate research. <laughs> yeah. like we built Facebook games, so we had to be on Facebook all day. You yeah. Know? So it, it's a, I, I don't, it's a I, blurry world. Yeah. And I, I feel bad for those guys because it's a, I mean, it's a tough road to hoe with them. Yeah. And... That, that's kind of one of the reasons I, I was getting into the penetration testing side because I saw how many holes there were for somebody who knows what they're doing. Like, so an intern comes in who is tech savvy because they're going to be smarter nowadays than all of the other people working at the company yeah. who's you had, grew up with, you know, a IBM in, in their mouth, <laughs> like me. Uh, you tend to know more than the IT guys because the IT guys just want to make, they want to make everybody's computer work. Yeah. They're not really concerned about, you know, all the security stuff out there. Yeah, they're just keeping things running. They're making and, sure you're connected to the printer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, get emails five times a day. This printer's down. Oh, good. Back yeah. up. You know. And there are some scary things out there, like checking the pen testing stuff. There's a little box you can get that you can basically just if you if you're sneaking into the agency on mm -hmm. some other pretext, you plug the Ethernet. You basically plug it between the Ethernet port and the wall, and it just you gives capture you everything, everything that happens. And it just it, it does port scans for everything on the network, 
saves it all to a uh, uh, just like in onboard memory right and battery operated then you either can remote into it from the outside and get or into the network that way or out with it. pick it up next time you that's know that's amazing there are so many crazy tools out there and these guys have built tools that i think are just perfect for criminals like there's this thing called metasploit and uh, the social engineering toolkit these things are made for penetration testers to go test the integrity of a company's security. But if you're not if a you're penetration not, tester and you're just yeah. a dick, if you if yeah, if you've got no morals, <laughs> yeah, you, all the you same have to do, tools get you into everything. Yeah, yeah. I and I found uh, tools that will run SQL exploit attacks against any website and give you a report. I deal with those all the time. Well, I'll teach you how to write some code to get you around the SQL exploit Good. stuff because I spent a lot of time working on my working on my uh, uh, attack uh, profiles right. for all of my websites. Well, we're running so, out of time for this segment, and I know, there's so much no, more we should talk about. No, we but... do we do have another topic that we just have to get into real quick. Okay, the social media side of stuff, your personal ah. information. You know, so <laughs> yes. we'll, we'll we'll keep this tight. Whenever you're on a social network, always use HTTPS, not yes. HTTP. There are settings in most of the big social network sites now that let you enable that by default. So whenever, like your Gmail, Facebook, Twitter, that say, only let me browse the site securely, make sure that's checked. Yes. A hundred percent. Yeah. If you don't, you're a moron. Yeah. And we run into, I ran into this with people in the industry that know this stuff and still don't do it. Right. I just, I have to toggle it because I have to test both sides of it. But for the most part, everybody should have that turned on. And these sites should just require it honestly it's like a bank if, yeah. you, if you're not going in via https and you're at a coffee shop you can't get in yeah you know but i'm saying if you're at a coffee shop and you're going via like unsecured network your password has just been given to everybody in that coffee shop yep i can sniff that wi-fi and, and run packet analysis on the whole nine yards you're done <laughs> um turn off geolocation by default for everything that you do, like your Instagram, the photo map stuff, turn that off, turn off geolocation on Facebook, Twitter, because it's, it's, it's a real time point of where you're at at a given time. And anybody that's savvy can go back and reassemble those points and find out your daily routine. Yeah. And you know what? You're and not we a, all do fall into routines. Yeah. So that's no surprise. I, I, you know, you keep checking into the gym at 11 o'clock every single day. Your house is empty at your 11 o'clock Your house is empty. And at some day. point, you've probably put your address up on Facebook. Yeah, I can find anything about you, yeah. you know. So make it harder for them to uh, get your information. Yep. I'm sorry, somebody just went by yodeling outside. Um, <laughs> well, you haven't experienced the wonders of my alley yet, which is okay. a constant topic on my Facebook. Thought, it was like the that. first time that's happened. It sounded like that. Hi, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you know, we get some, uh, some happy homeless and some happy... Uh, you know, yeah. people just walking down the aisle. <laughs> okay, let's let, wrap this puppy okay, up. Let's okay, go. if you're going on vacation, don't talk about your vacation until you get back. Don't post pictures of your vacation while you're on vacation. Don't post pictures of you podcasting while you're podcasting, which is what <laughs> Oops, I just did. <laughs> uh, my friend, but you and I keep our, our, well, as much as we can, we keep Facebook pretty secure for us. So right. for us, it's not that big of a deal. But yeah. if you don't really know what your privacy settings are, but... Again, like we said, Facebook fucks up. Yeah. So you don't always know how things are going. And my Instagram is public, but I know that there are roommates at the house. Yeah. You know, there's when I'm somewhere else, there's somebody at the house, and we have a giant Doberman <laughs> and, and guns. So that's enough of that. But my friend Mac posted he was at the Grand Canyon 
voila, what, what happens? Neighbor sees that he's on vacation, sneaks into his backyard, stashes a duffel bag of 100, with $175,000 worth of pot in it <laughs> to pick up later. And it just happened to be that, oh, the direct TV guy was coming that day, and they were like trying to you know, run some cable and stuff, and came across it in his backyard. And he's like, well, shit, I'm in, I'm in a bad movie plot now. What am I going to do? And he called the cops, and they came and took it away. He's got a great blog post about it. We'll put it on. We'll put it in the show notes. Um, and just teach your kids to turn this stuff off. I've I've had to do this with my friends' kids, who were you know in the burgeoning celebrity business. They you know were trying to become celebrities and right. posting videos of yes. songs and stuff. And it's like stalker target right there. Yeah. So make sure that if they're posting online, that there's no geolocation. Oh, domain privacy too. If you've got a domain, use the domain privacy because if you sign up for a domain, it's tied to your house, you know, yeah. all that Or stuff. be smart and have a P.O. box and have everything run through that. Yeah. Which is what I've done for my company. Yeah. So, And I can still find your address from your P.O. box. Yeah, probably you can. But Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's going to be a bunch of resources in the show notes. We had to run through this stuff really quick. It's, mm. you know, it's a deep, deep topic. Yes. And nobody is actually safe. Period. Anybody can get anything, but you're gonna you're going to increase make your it chances yeah. of being safe. Exactly. Yes. Because you you did uh, before we started this, and we were talking about it earlier before uh, we even started the podcast. Jason was like, basically through all my research, you're, we're all fucked. Yeah. Yeah. One hundred percent. So that was a, a nice and gloomy it's start, but uh, it's just how but it, decrease how, the when, chances. Yeah. Decrease the chances, and you have a better chance of making it through without any of this crappy stuff happening to you. Think of it like wearing your seatbelt in your car. Right. You don't you don't drive anywhere without your seatbelt anymore because no. if you do get hit, it's gonna suck. Yes. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so you wear your seatbelt, and if you do get hit, then you, you know you minimize the damage. Yeah. So. So yeah, Jason, you you delivered. Um, there's a lot more we can talk about, obviously, for all of this stuff. If anybody wants to know about anything more in-depth, we will definitely make that a segment, and we'll talk about it even deeper. Yeah. Just let us know. Yeah, write us at podcast at grumpyoldgeeks.com with or, any anything we want to hit, or leave yeah. us a note on our Facebook page. Yeah, or the Twitter, but just make sure you're using uh, HTTPS yeah. when you do that. Absolutely. Am I dreaming? No. Where am I? In bed? What am I doing? Talking to myself. Look, I must have a star on my door. Or better still. A door, a door, a door. Uh, swing doors, huh? Okay, doors. Swing. security know which probably wasn't even on Jason's radar because he doesn't even think people would be this stupid but uh, don't ever write your password down on a yellow post-it note and have it attached to your monitor I've actually run across junior programmers that I've worked with that have done this before and I have summarily taken it torn it up in front of them thrown it at their face and say don't you ever do this again yes my parents still have it on their monitor and I've had people over and had the Geek Squad over, and I'm like, oh, what are you doing? Well, they, they, they actually hire the Geek Squad. I changed, well, it's they, either that or me. Geek <laughs> Squad! <laughs> exactly. <laughs> At some point, I'm like, I'm not driving down to Anaheim to do this again. Yeah. So, so there we go. Um, yeah, don't do that. Yeah, don't do that. Please, ever, don't have your password written down. Don't have it in a text file that is called logins on your desktop. 
or passwords on your desktop. I know somebody that has an Excel doc <laughs> that sits on his desktop and yeah. writes his passwords down. I sent him the link to one password the other day. <laughs> yes. So these are very basic rules of security because, uh, you know, Jason went super hardcore. So don't do any of that stuff. And don't keep your PIN number in your wallet with your debit card. That is supremely stupid. I have that right now because I just got a new debit card <laughs> and I can't remember the number yet. Right. Okay. So, you know, uh, we, we preach, but we also, you know, we're, we fa- all, we're fallible. We're, we're, fallible. we're human. Things happen. Um, we'll get there. Okay. So, Jason, so, what you got? Uh, this week, I want to talk about uh, one quick thing. We've been doing the show notes uh, collaboratively in Google Docs up until now. Yes. It's been okay. But uh, I found a new service this week called uh, Mammoth, and it's basically like a joint pinboard type of thing where you just drag images and links and all this stuff. It's got a bookmarklet, so when you're on a site, you can just hit, boom, add to a board type of thing, and then you can share it, and then it's a collaborative type of you know experience where we can both write on it and leave stuff. So this week, and, and, and somewhat last week. Yeah. We did uh, the show notes on Mammoth, and if you go to Mammoth... By, by we, uh, mostly Jason. Uh, I'm still coming up to terms with it. it. It's pretty cool. I just haven't caught on yet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so go, if you check them out, go to mammothhq.com. It's still on a, a private beta, but if you pimp them <laughs> and, and basically repost the link to the board that you created and get five people to sign up, they'll let you in. Yeah. Or... As I found with Brian, if you just share a board with somebody, they let that person in. <laughs> yes. I apparently um, have full access. And it is pretty cool. I haven't had the time to really mess around with it too much. And again, the show was mostly you, so yeah. there was much need for me. But for the next one, I'm definitely going to play around with it. I've already installed all the things. And yeah, it, it's it's a groovy site. I think one of the coolest things they do, though, is one of the default boards is a talk to mammoth board. Right. It's basically a help desk inside of your system. Yeah. And they had a bug last week where I couldn't put numbers in the board title. <laughs> so, you know, Grumpy Old Geeks episode four was, wouldn't wouldn't work. Yeah, that didn't work. So I wrote, <laughs> but I wrote the guys back and forth, and they were super cool. They fixed the problem. Um, they've been taking uh, since so it is beta. You know, they're they're working through it. And I want HTTPS access, obviously. Yeah, it's important to me. And you know, and a couple other things, and they're like totally, totally cool guys so far. Or so, girls, I don't know. It's the so internet. to keep with all of our themes so far, since we talked about security on it, how are they making money? Um, I think they're gonna. They, they have to have a premium. They've uh, got version. a charge for this. In, in in a beta that's this raw, yeah, you can't do that. Yeah. No, well, no, it's too early. But it's yeah. a cool service, and I'm yeah, and to... if they, and that's why I'm, that's why I'm kind of excited to try them out because they do have a lot of things that I like. I like the bookmarklet because I'm I'm out surfing looking for stuff for the show. And I just, it's a one click, you know, overlay type of thing. And I, so far, I like it. I'm, I'm, I'm a fan. There are a few little bugs here and there. You know, the editor is a little wonky here and there. But like I said, open beta and free right now. Yeah. So try it out. And if these, if it works out and these guys go premium, I'll kick them coin. They're doing good stuff. <laughs> yeah. You know? It's a good service. It's been pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. So. What you got? What have I got? Um, I was basically going to talk about how much I love the Kindle app. I don't, I love Kindle in general. I like Amazon. Amazon's a great service. It's been amazing. Uh, the Kindle by all reports is fantastic. My mom has one. I love the Kindle app, which I have on my iPad, 
and it's great for buying books and reading. Um, but instead of that, I'm going to talk about a book I just finished last week. I wanted to talk about the Kindle app with you. <laughs> oh, well, let's talk Kindle app really. Yeah, we'll get to the okay. book because I love the Kindle app. It's fucking ridiculous. I've owned three physical Kindles. I bought the first one the day it was announced. Yeah. I've also this because I'm a, I'm a huge ebook nerd. I bought yeah. the I had the Rocket ebook back in the day. I've always wanted an ebook. I've been a huge <laughs> cheerleader for ebooks since the it early 90s. It took me a while to get into it. Oh, I'm I'm not gonna lie. It took the iPad for me to get into ebooks. Okay. Until then, I bought books religiously. Right. Real hardcore. And you're a reader. Real. You're a reader. I, oh yeah, I'm a reader. How, I, many, how many books do you read a year? At least two a week. Two a week? Yeah. You kick my ass. I, I, I always I have a fifty-two book goal a year. It's that's my I've book slowed a down recently just because life takes over. Well, audible.com has changed that for me, so now I can I can read in bed <laughs> at night on a physical book or a, a Kindle app book. Yeah. <laughs> or unless it's a technical book, but then I use when I'm out walking the dog, jump juicing up my Fitbit numbers, yeah. I'll listen to an audiobook. Yeah, so. I don't do the audiobooks. I do podcasts for that okay. stuff. But. but Amazon owns Audible and yeah, yeah, and now oh, Goodreads. Yeah. So well, I got to get back on Goodreads. So yeah, yeah I'm with you 100. Uh, it, because it's I, so easy. It's amazing. Yeah, uh, devices sync with each other mm-hmm. on where you're at. So if I'm stuck at the DMV and I just have my iPhone with me and I launch the Kindle app, it takes me to the exact page that I left off last night on my iPad. Yeah. Unbelievable, and it syncs with your physical Kindle too. So if you've got the Wi-Fi, I've, I've got a Wi-Fi version. My original was a 3G. Right. My mom still got that, and it still works. She can buy a book in the car wherever she's at. Right. Um, which is amazing for the price that it still the radio still works and the cellular signal still works. I'm like, <laughs> talk about a loss leader on that one. But yeah, I don't, I don't use my physical Kindles anymore. I haven't bought a physical book in ages. Yeah, it's been a long time. The uh, I pick up like first editions of things that I really love mm-hmm. physically now or if a new book came out like by one of my favorite authors I'll immediately read it on my Kindle app and then I'll go buy the physical book just because I want to have it because it's my favorite author but I'm done with buying physical books yeah for the most part they're, and, and they're selling more ebooks than physical books now uh, for good reason it's so convenient yeah. so amazing and it's a beautiful experience yeah besides technical books the last physical book I bought was The 4 Hour Chef because well, it's besides being three inches thick, there's so there's so many images in it mm-hmm. that it may, it doesn't really translate that well to ebook form. See, I picked that up on on the Kindle app, and I have been having trouble with it. Yeah, that's so. What, so I just dropped the coin and bought the, you know, bought the physical book because it is a much better experience. But that if book. you would have done an iBook or an ebook, as we've talked about yeah. before with the Apple stuff, that would translate really well, and well, that would make a great Apple ebook product. Here's the problem with that. The Four Hour Chef is mm-hmm. the first book from the Amazon publishing company. So therefore, <laughs> yes, I can see the problems that would come into play. Yeah. <laughs> so what Amazon needs to do is adopt the same format and juice their Kindle fires so they can read the same format. Oh, I agree completely. It. I've been yeah. waiting for that. So I'm waiting yeah. for anybody to kind of replicate what Apple's done with their with their ebooks. Yeah. So. Okay, so tell me about the book oh, you were talking so about. So, th- yeah, very specifically the book that I just finished last week and this was before Jason told me he wanted to only talk about security for this week's podcast was a book called Cyberstorm by Matthew Mather and um, you know, it's it's talking exactly about the stuff that we talked about. This is an entire book talking about how it's such a mistake to connect everything to the internet without understanding security. And it's about how realistically 
our power grids, a lot of the things that run our daily lives are connected to the internet and they're open for the kind of exploitation that we've just been talking about and how they can easily be shut down. And this is a fiction book that basically explores what would happen if somebody made an attack on us and systems started to cascade fail and how we'd basically be back in the dark ages in about 10 minutes. Yeah. Yeah, and it's actually written by a guy who is apparently... Uh, according to the bio right here, a leading member of the world's cybersecurity community. We didn't really get to back check that before, but yeah. it's a good book. Um, not, you know, he's not an ama- he's not Tim Va- or you know Kurt Vonnegut or anybody like that. But it was good. It was interesting, and he definitely had his facts right. He knew what he was talking about when he was talking about the cu- the computer stuff. So. Yeah, so he was, he was an infosec. Probably yeah, it was a really good book. I enjoyed it a lot. So I highly recommend it. Okay. And as a counterpoint to that, I just want to throw out a book since we were talking about Kindle. I'm going to yep. make this quick. Uh, the first two books from author Daniel Suarez, who was an IT professional for most of his career. And then he came out with two of the most amazing books. The first one's called Demon. And that's spelled like a Unix demon. Ah. D-A-E-M-O-N. Yes. The good spelling. Yes. And the second one is Freedom Downtime. Those two books together comprise one of the best stories I've Honestly, read since uh, Neil Stevenson's Snow Crash. Oh, that's Snow a damn Crash. Good book. Snow Crash. <laughs> I, I, I've got chills again, man. I'm thinking yeah, yeah. Snow Crash. Well, I've got Hero, a, I've got a week. I've got a week until I need another book, and those two are going to be downloaded for my trip to Hawaii. So uh, I will report back on those by episode, I'd say seven. Okay, yeah. and and for the <laughs> listeners, I highly recommend the Audible.com versions because the the reading is exquisitely done. Um, I have listened to a few audible books and and they're always very well done so. no they're not some of them are just butt-ass terrible well, the good books that i've and and the <laughs> trick the trick to getting around a bad reader on audible is just to go 2x mm, i still can't do that any any book can be fixed by going 2x uh, chipmunks you get used to it okay. i've i've got on the, on the new downcast app they've gone to 3x <laughs> I've, I tried to listen to something the other night at 3X because I only had 20 minutes and it was an hour podcast. And I'm like, I can do it. <laughs> <laughs> it just makes me think about Christmas and the Chipmunks Christmas album. It really fucks with your sleep, though, man. Because <laughs> you, you start dreaming in 3X. Oh, it's bad. Oh, dear. Oh, did we swear again? Oh. Oh, sorry, guy that didn't realize that we were explicit. Yeah, somebody, somebody gave us a bad review because we said poopy words. He liked the show, but he didn't like our poopy words. Fuck it. Yeah. Okay, last one to kill a bad guy buys the beer. We're driving to Florida!